0: Welcome to today's special episode where we're joined by Robin Gobel, a former therapist turned national best-selling author and educator, known for her innovative approaches to supporting children with complex trauma and challenging behaviors. In this episode, Robin details the practical use of private podcast in her membership and group coaching programs, highlighting how this approach caters to her audience's need for easy access and flexibility, especially because many of them are parents, and of course the overall impact of private podcasting on our course delivery and its role in enhancing client engagement. She also casually drops at the end of the episode the way she uses a start here feed as a lead magnet.
1: So good. Well, without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to another case study episode. So excited to have Robin Goble here. At the time of this recording, we are in the middle of her launch. So we're excited to get a little bit of insider information about how she's using private, her private podcast for her launch, and also how she's used it in the past as well. So thank you, Robin. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to chatting. Awesome. All right, let's dive right in. I'm so excited, first and foremost, to find out how you started using private podcasts. Maybe the first time you heard about private podcasts, but when did you hear about it? How did you hear about it? And when did you decide to use it for your own business?
2: I don't exactly remember how I heard about Hello Audio specifically. I do remember very clearly we we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I was shifting in many ways my own business and figuring out how I was going to do that, what that was going to look like, digital courses. Yeah, I was just in the thick of learning about online business. And I'm sure it was in one of those groups I was in that somebody mentioned. In fact, it was probably Rachel Rogers, mm-hmm. now that I'm putting this all together. Um, heard about Hello Audio hopped into the Facebook group of Hello Audio. And I don't, I feel like it was the spring season where you guys were doing probably maybe similar to what you're doing right now. Had a case study, private podcast. And I just remember do, like doing yard work outside and binging all of them, which is how I research things. Like again, to see how are people using it? What's the create? I mean, I have a podcast. It felt like it made a lot of sense. There, I think there was a sale. Or a deadline. Sounds
0: about right. So I'm like, okay,
2: <laughs> I'm that. all in. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I love that you put the
0: sensory like image of what you were doing because I'm the exact <laughs> way. When I'm taking in information, I remember when we were listening to the serial podcast, driving yeah. from Northern California down to yeah, yeah. binge the whole thing. And I can remember when I go on that drive, I still think about that because it had such exactly. an impact on me. Yep. Weird, um, weird side note. But it it is related to what we talk a lot about on where audio is very immersive. And so you're getting stuff done, but like you also were taking in these case studies and and learning stuff. And then we're able to kind of take action after the fact, like, okay, cool. I have a bunch of ideas. Right. Let's go. Okay. So you had said to us prior to us recording that you actually use Hello Audio in a bunch of different ways in your business. So if you want Mm -hmm. to give us kind of like a brief outline, you could also share the number of feeds you have. A lot of people are revealing that on the show, (laughs) but no pressure.
2: (laughs) I... Have a lot enough. I have to scroll. I've used it in uh, many different ways. So at this stage of my business, I have a membership and I have probably what most people call a group coaching program. So I use Hello Audio in a very traditional way with those programs, right? And that everything gets put into the podcast for the course participants or for the members so that they all have that way of consuming the content. I honestly am at a stage where I actually won't participate in something if it doesn't have podcast access. I left something recently because I was like, why? Why can't you do this? It's unacceptable. (laughs) This is a very simple solution to this.
0: That
1: um, was always our goal when you set
0: out. We want to be like people (laughs) expect it. And now I feel we're still at the tipping point (laughs) of that. But even still, you know, people are just like, it's pretty, pretty
2: standard now or it's getting there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's also not. Complicated. I mean, I understand technology, and I'm probably maybe on the you know top 50 percent of people who can use tech, but like 51 percent, I'm not a tech wizard. So if I if I can use it, I kind of am like, come on, people, this is easy. So I use it in those programs for just another way of delivering the content to folks in a really easy way. Also works spectacularly well for my specific audience to have. The barrier. They're not very tech savvy. They're very busy. They're very stressed out people. So the super easy access, of course, right in the podcast works very, very well for them. I used to have a digital course. I don't have it anymore, but similar. It was like a bonus to the digital course was the pod, you know, the digital course in the podcast feed. I have used it in a couple different ways launching. I'm using it now to launch. It's a pop-up podcasts in my major program, kind of the primary income part of my business. And I have, I've used it like when I've taught online course, like one-off little online courses, again, as a bonus, like you'll get the recording to this, but you'll also get it, you know, 60 days access in private podcasts. I've used it for my one-on-one client to have a way that they can review our uh, sessions. I don't do one-on-one clients anymore. But you know, I've also used it in my coaching, like for, in my business coaching. And she's also a Hello Audio user. So I suppose she could do this too. But it's just easy for me. Like I get the recordings from her. And so I just pop them into my own private podcast.
0: Yeah. So that I have them.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that I can listen to it again, just whenever I want to. And it's just so much easier. Awesome. Well, you're using it how I imagine everyone
0: could be. So it would be safe to say that for the most part, everything in your business, you try to offer audio, if it makes sense.
2: That's a great summary.
0: (laughs) Everything. Yeah. I mean, I think it's even taken us. We always joke about this. Like sometimes we're like planning this complicated thing and we're like, should we do audio it?" It's just, it's funny because I think we're so, yeah, there's some ingrained things I think with marketing, but then there's also of course we do creative stuff, but yeah, we get inspired from, you know, folks like you who are using it in cool ways. Okay. So you've used it a lot for launching. I'd love to yeah. hear, I think people, that's a scary one, right? Like choosing to do it for launching. If you've done something successful year over year or quarter over quarter, you don't really want to mess with it. And so take us behind the scenes when you were like, okay, I see the value of doing this in a launch format, not just as a supplement to some other ways that I offer the, my products.
2: So I'm not, I'm very rigid in some ways, but I'm very not rigid in other ways. So the idea of like, let's just kind of experiment with this and see how it goes doesn't stress me out. So when I first joined Hello Audio, my business was slightly different. I had a digital course. I launched it a couple of times in a, a kind of more traditional launching your digital course. You know, I had a webinar. I don't like to do the same thing over and over again. I'm kind of bored by it. So I just saw, thought, you know, I'd been listening to all these ways people were using Hello Audio. I was like, well, I like to podcast. My husband's an audio die. Like we have good audio tech. This just kind of makes sense for our life. And of course, what everybody loves about podcasting is I do it at 5 a.m. in my pajamas. Or, you know what I mean? Like there's so much freedom in podcasting. So I I will say that was years ago. I. I don't remember how it converted, but that it absolutely converted in a way I expected. Well, this was great. <laughs> this was awesome. so much less stress than a webinar. And it was just so chill. Like every day, they, the I think I probably did just a four-day audio series, short and sweet. Well, yeah, that's easy. They just go live in the morning. I'm not even thinking about it. My business works a little differently now. I don't. I've retired that digital course, and I have this year-long group program that I do. I don't use this language, but your listeners probably do. It's, it's quote unquote high ticket, and I started it after I'd already been using Hello Audio. So I've never launched this program any other way. I don't know if I was just creative or if I saw somebody else do it. I'm not really sure, but I have a four-day audio series that brings people into. Both the contents of my group program, as well as like the feel of it. I've really tried to craft this short audio program in a way that kind of gives people both experiences. Like, this is what it feels like to train with me for a year. And also, this is what you get from a very practical perspective if you train with me for a year. And so it has, you know, private Facebook community. So the, you know, think is, is live for a week, has these four episodes. I do two Q&As in the Facebook group. And then I keep the podcast stream open. I do actually, I take the episodes down, but I keep the feed open for about two weeks after the, the podcast itself ends. My launch is still going. My card is still open. And so then I put different kinds of things into the feed. I have past course, I have student interviews. I'll do an open house for the group membership program next week. So when that, you know, when that's finished, I'll pop the audio from that into that feed. So of course the vast majority of people just show up and consume your free content and they move along their merry way. And that's wonderful. But then like there's these people who, who keep hanging out, right? The stragglers who really are super interested in continuing on. And so then yeah, I have this way of being well in their email, but also right in their podcast player. So I'm in the middle of my third year. I'm gonna pause so that you ask questions because I'm 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 really just rambling.
1: Yes, no. Not I love it. I think that and I think Lindsay, you picked up on this too, because I saw your face when she mentioned it. And it's the the vibe, right? It's it's the the experiential part of a launch. Yep that it's it is challenging i think for a lot of folks using traditional methods like a webinar it tends to maybe depending on what you know formula you use and what script you use and all the things because we're always taught that there's you know specific ways of doing it right it, it can sometimes not feel as personal and i right. think we miss in a lot of the traditional launch methods the ability to communicate how it will feel when you are with like we can future pace all we want to we can talk yep. about it Yep. But to actually create the experience, I think, is fantastic. And I, I I agree. I mean, obviously, we're a little biased because we know what audio can do. Yeah. Uh, but I love that you've been able to use that as a way to let your potential clients, your future clients, feel what it's like to work with you. And, yep. you know, and honestly, you're showing them that you respect their time, like that mm-hmm. you're showing them the ease and convenience mm-hmm. piece of it and what it's going to be like, which I know a lot of us who have ever purchased. You know, that coaching program is we've wondered, you know, can I make the calls? You know, is this going to be convenient? Am I going to have yeah. time for this? It's it's always a question that a buyer is going to have. So I yeah. love that you're addressing that through audio ahead of time in the launch. I think that's that says a lot. I am curious mm-hmm. what feedback your audience has had, because I know when sometimes we've had folks that are ready to use private podcasts or they're thinking about it. They are really concerned about how it will be received by their audiences, especially if they don't necessarily consider their audience podcast people. So what did your people think of it?
2: I've never had anybody say anything but that it's great. I mean, that it's I I really don't know that I've ever had any other kind of feedback. I mean, it's I think some people who aren't typically used to consuming over podcasts are maybe a little bit like I don't get it. It was almost seamless. There's so little friction. And aside from sometimes, you know, the challenges we've occasionally had with Spotify, it is a relatively frictionless. And the questions that people do ask, like the friction they do have, they're very predictable. And so, very quickly, we just learned how to answer people's questions which to be honest with you is also a really great experience to have in a launch is when people ask a question which is inevitable so people are going to have questions that we you know know how to answer that we can respond quickly i mean it's not good to have friction but it is good to demonstrate like when there is friction we can support you with this yeah. i have a podcast and so i do think a lot of my listeners a lot of my people who participate with me and really follow me are probably familiar with podcasting, but I know a lot of people are, lo- you know, using a podcast for the f- first time ever.
1: They're like, you just have to click three buttons and there you go. You start listening. And they're like, okay. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. No logins. No, really no logins. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, advice. I think that's yeah. awesome. I I'm curious how, you know, when... If you've monitored consumption, so are you actively looking on the back end of your stats? Are you one of those people that kind of looks to see who's consuming it, you know, how much they're consuming it? Are you kind of monitoring that level or do you just kind of see that also through engagement and the questions that people are asking or how they're showing up through your launch?
2: I monitor how many people move from actually signing up to actually putting the podcast in their app you know, because that's, they're not the same amount. And so I monitor that. I'm not actively monitoring it in this current launch. There's a lot going on right now. But I'll monitor it after the fact, right? Like I'll do it in my launch review. I don't spend a lot of time thinking of looking at like the actual individual downloads, except for comparing episode to episode. But I'm not looking at like oh, there's 600 here. I don't care about the 600. I do care if there's 600 versus 2,000. You know, I'm going to be like, oh, that's interesting. Why the discrepancy? I don't have a ton of trust in general in podcast statistics. I just try to get super bogged down in the actual numbers and look at them from a bigger perspective. Instead. I love
0: that. The trends you- versus. Yeah. yeah. Can you share, since you you said, I think this is the third time launching, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Can you share? Things that you've learned along the way, adjustments that you've made, topic choice, deciding to drip or give it all at once. You know, some of those kind of things, just as somebody who's done it a few times now.
2: I've made almost no change.
0: Well, there you go. That which is
2: amazing. awesome mm-hmm. because launching is very stressful. So I'm in the middle of this launch right now. I just published a book also. Four weeks ago, I published a book. So I'm in the middle of a book launch period, which is not my plan. The book is to come out in April. But I'm not in charge of when books publish. <laughs> so my publisher's like, just kidding. And so I knew immediately this is way too close to the launch of my my program that makes and breaks my business in a way that a, a book, frankly, doesn't. And so I have just had so much going on to prep for this specific launch. I've had to really just let kind of a lot go. and. But I'll also really like lean into the trust of like I I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. So I have a welcome episode that's there when people first sign up. So as soon as they put the at the podcast in their app, there's something that they can listen to. And then I drip an episode every day for four days. And they're very thoughtfully designs and how they're scaffolding people with both the information and the experience and it works so I really have made zero and I've actually been like can I be able to do this for four years in a row like can I really not (laughs) like are people gonna get sick of this it's the same thing and I do know a lot of people are you know they come back they come back every year but I mean, in some ways, I've gotten lucky. In some ways, I've been doing this for a long time before I really executed something. So I had a ton of data that I could draw from to, you know, to design something that didn't need a lot of change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I knew my people. I knew what they needed. I knew how it was going to work. It's grown substantially every year. In fact, I absolutely cannot do this again without having somebody execute it with me. I have an assistant Mm -hmm. who's helping me answer emails and doing like the tech and, you know, checking people's links and that kind of stuff. But I won't be able to do this again without having somebody like in the Facebook group with me. It's just, it's gotten too big.
0: You need help. Yeah. What do you attribute
2: that growth to year over year? I think it's probably pretty an alignment with just my general business growth. I think mm. I actually have never compared the, those specific numbers, like this podcast growth numbers versus my overall like email list growth. My guess is they're pretty similar, and also having a podcast I think mm. has contributed. I but that's a guess. I'm just assuming that because I have a podcast that people listen to, it's easy for
1: them.
0: You're to in say yes to, your to yeah, here. yeah.
1: So did you run ads in this launch or was it mostly an organic traffic strategy? We get that question a lot from folks. Mm-hmm. They wonder if people are running ads to the audio piece.
2: I've never run ads ever. I don't wow. even know how.
1: <laughs> awesome. So organic <laughs> is, is in it, so organic works for those that are wondering. Organic mm-hmm. absolutely works, have successful launches. The other question that we'll get is I know we kind of said, you know, the, the quote unquote high ticket. What is the price range of your if you're comfortable sharing sure. your coaching program cuz I think there are some questions of can I really use and you know private podcast to sell an x thousand dollar program so would you mind sharing that part as well Sure in my field I'm a I'm a
2: social worker and support parents of kids who have trauma histories and then have really difficult behaviors and then because there's not enough professionals who do that work. I, in the last couple of years, developed this group coaching program, which is a professional licensing program. So they train intensively with me for a year and then earn the licensing rights to use my material in their own businesses and their own practices. So they kind of get both this experience and then this product and then ongoing support. Like They can choose to re-up their licensing. And so this year, the tuition for the year is fifty-eight fifty. I would guess that for 95 or higher percent of the people who sign up, it'll be the biggest investment mm-hmm. they've ever made. That is a very high number for my field. Yeah, so they're paying this tuition for like a year, but they actually get two years of experience, the way the licensing works. So... In my opinion, I, I mean, I've not ever launched this program with a webinar. I've wa- launched other things with a webinar, though very low. Like, I had a $200 course. I can't imagine connecting with people well enough in a webinar for them to trust this kind of investment. I really can't. Like, I would never even consider that. You know, between the audio and then I do offer this group discussion experience, With like any group lots of some people ask tons of questions some people just lurk and then I do two Q&As and I think that is live Q&A so that is a very big trust builder as well for people like when they see that I can really you know answer their questions on the fly and then those get popped into the feed so I never think twice I mean that's the other thing I never care about what's a good time to offer this I don't care what's a good time for me to offer it Like, I just never even think twice, like, what are people available? What's the best time? Like, it's just so irrelevant to me. You know, who can come can come. And then it goes into the into the podcast feed afterwards. So between those audios and then I actually do almost no marketing during those that week as well. Like during that week, I'm very focused on I want to give these people a valuable training. In fact, I tell them, like, I'm not answering questions about the program when this week is done. Here's how you'll answer questions. We'll go into, we'll do this open house. We'll do these. I I answer people's questions as much as they need and we'll hop on Zoom calls and stuff, but I won't do that during this week because I don't want this week to be about marketing. And I think people appreciate that too. The Mm -hmm. feel of the experience is really different than when you're being kind of constantly sold to you. But because I'm having, I have daily touch points with these people. I don't have to sell to them every day. And then when it's over, I'm like, all right, if you want to stick around, learn more about my program, here's what we're going to do next.
0: So you do drip the content. It's like a new piece releases every day. It's not all, they can't binge it.
2: Yes, they get an episode every day for four days. Mm -hmm.
0: Is your membership slash, or I guess not membership, so program and then also the licensing pretty audio heavy too, or at least supplementally,
2: they have the audio option? So yeah, the audio is, An option. That program has both an on-demand course that they do. So there's a feed for the on-demand course. And then we have weekly live meetings Mm -hmm. where we discuss the content and we implement it and we case consult and clinical application. So then those are recorded and those get put in a feed as well. So we're not, there's nothing that's really audio only. Only, uh But audio is... Given for I was wondering everything. if there's
0: yeah, a connection to like, you know, this is how we do things and this is an option, and maybe it it convinces people who are like, Oh, this is the first training that I've ever fully completed. So now knowing that she offers that, like I have more confidence in the program in myself because she offers this option. Do you see any connection there? I've never
2: done anything to collect that data, but it sure. feels like that's true. <laughs> Cause I can say, well, just like the podcast we did last week. You know, all of the audio gets put into a podcast, which means you don't and people don't think this kind of stuff through, right? It's like, well, that means you don't have to use your browser, you don't have to log in, right? All these benefits of listening, consuming be be a podcast, you don't really think about those things mm-hmm. until you aren't getting them, yeah, right? So, <laughs> like, like you don't yeah. have to log in to Thinkific or whatever. I don't use Thinkific, but like, and let that run in the background, and then. You're driving and you lose your what? Like all these things. Yeah, all the things. So I do think that that is a very big, you know, there's this on demand aspect of my group coaching program with these live meetings. And so I've structured then my launch week to resemble that piece. There's this on demand, then we get
1: together we discuss it and implement it. You can ask me questions. I love that. Now, in your course, when you deliver the audio, do you keep one feed for what I would call your core curriculum or your core course content and then another feed for your calls, those coach or those kind of live calls? Or do you combine them in one feed? It's a question we get. I know people that do both. I'm curious what you choose to do.
2: I have two feeds because my on-demand course is delivered to every cohort year after year after year. So every cohort is subscribed to that feed. Then the live calls are in their cohort-based feed. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's what
1: we typically will recommend that people do. But I know sometimes, you know, people don't always want, they think sometimes the multiple feeds, they don't want to have multiple feeds. I think it's kind of nice when you're kind of dominating someone's podcast player and there's, you know, pictures of your courses when they (laughs) open it. But I also think it's just Mm -hmm. convenient for your for your folks too oh i mean my like quote unquote super
2: fans must sometimes they probably some of them probably have six or seven Uh, Uh, truly because i have my public podcast and actually i forgot to tell you i have an evergreen opt-in that is a curated podcast has 10 episodes in it from my public podcast Uh, so people are always asking where do i start I literally made a podcast called Start Here. It's literally called Start Here.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that.
2: And I took 10 episodes that I already had. I didn't edit them. I didn't edit them at all. Intros, outros, outdated information in them. I didn't edit them at all. Just popped them into this private feed. I mean, I, I have like dynamic content that says, hey, some of these episodes are old. The podcast even caught something different now. Um, (laughs) You know what I like about
0: that? Because I I see a lot of people sharing playlists. And that's cool. Like the idea that you could be like, here's my Spotify playlist. I think there's use cases for that. But damn, if you miss that email, I'm telling you, the person who is into it and says, I need to know your A to Z like path or whatever, you should know who that person is it shouldn't just be like yes it's shareable but so is the link to the start here podcast you know like I think that's an even exchange an email address for curated thought through selected things and someone signs into that and they have an experience and now they could just listen to your podcast weekly and they don't feel overwhelmed I think folks who have multiple hundreds of episodes that's how people feel when they first come to them and I think, yeah, there's this trend happening where people are like, oh, here's my playlist. And I'm like, cool, but get an email. You don't have email- those emails anyways from your podcast listeners. So anyway, right. I'm glad you brought that up. I love that it's called Start Here. Very straightforward
2: and also super helpful for your people, for sure. It actually, and it's also super helpful for us because we get the same questions over and over and over again. And I still have one. I have a list, like a PDF. And People seem to like the fact that there's this visual list. There's like, oh, that's so helpful. But I'm like, it's actually not that helpful because you still have to pull out your podcast player and you still have to find. And when it's done, then you have to go find the next one. Like the list, people, not that helpful. I mean, it really just it's cut down on our work in many ways because people ask the same questions over and over again. It's like, you know what? Go here. Yeah, I know people, too, that do that for, you know,
0: they're an agency or they do service-based work and they have a Mm -hmm. podcast and they pull their most important episodes that they would want their clients to know about how they think about things uh, and also pop that into like kind of an onboarding sequence. So I think it's really good to think about that customer journey, as Nora would like to say. What are they thinking about as they enter into your world? Like, what is the most important information? Because a lot of time, most of us produce a lot of content and it can be very overwhelming.
2: I use it that way. That's Start Here podcast in my membership when Mm -hmm. people onboard it. So my membership is for parents. It's a slightly different experience. And when people come in, there's a they're in a whole lot of places about where they are and what they need from me. So one of the options, and it's not unique to the membership. You can just go get it on my website, too. But one of the options when you onboard into the membership is if you are brand new to my material, you're brand new to this work. Start here. So basic, but like so good too.
0: (laughs) And so easy. I just want to also highlight a lot easier than I think a lot of people struggle with pulling from their content and putting it in a place that they can refer people to. You know, it it shouldn't be that hard, but I think the audio piece just makes it seem easier. You know, not a PDF. You're not doing a bunch of videos like, wait, that doesn't, you know, Maybe an email sequence that has links. That's a popular thing, too, right? A welcome sequence. And it's like, here's my top stuff. And here's these blog posts that you're going to read. Like, what? Like, who's doing that And there? So this idea of a playlist yeah. is so powerful. I'm glad that nugget came out because I'm like, there's something <laughs> I, there that I, feel I forgot like, all about
1: that. And I looked over here. I'm like, ah, that's an important one. You're
0: like, that's a good feat. <laughs> yeah
1: nice. For the folks that are listening that haven't started, they're thinking about doing a private podcast, but they're not really sure. Do you have any advice or lessons learned that maybe you looking back, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So any advice for those folks who haven't really played with audio in their business? I, as an
2: like, online entrepreneur, am super comfortable with the experimenting process. And I actually really like the experimenting process. I'm pretty lucky and privileged that my business does pretty well. So I can, it's safe for me to take risks. And I wouldn't have come to kind of what I have now if I hadn't been willing. So it's like, I didn't know what I was going to do with Hello Audio when I purchase i knew i listened to podcasts i love i'm your like avatar podcast listener these people are my friends (laughs) the podcasting makes a lot of sense to me really resonates with me it felt easy to consider i guess and again and i'm comfortable with the experimenting process and also really truly like the experimenting process with y'all's platform is so easy so there's a it is drag and drop. It's drag and drop. And when you ask, have a question, you ask it. I'm like, oh, that worked great. I'll do that again. i like, I didn't love how that worked. Probably not going to do that again. That's cool. So I guess mm-hmm. my very long-winded answer is um, experiment. See what happens. And then learn from it and do it again or don't. It's not like it's easy to experiment. The risk isn't that high.
1: I think that's Um, the key, right? With experiments. Is it worth it? Is it worth the time? When it's easy, makes it a lot easier to mm -hmm. to actually be willing to do it. So on that topic of experimenting, do you Mm -hmm. have any
0: feeds that you're like, I kind of want to try this? Something that's sitting in the back of your head that you haven't
2: maybe put out there? So all I've thought about for the last two years is writing and publishing a book. So I have Zilcho Creative. Fair energy right now. I am looking. uh, Given it all. I just the other day, yesterday, I was like, I my brain is tired of the constant reach something new, a new idea, a new this, a new. I'm like, I just need a brain nap. So I am not currently sitting on a lot of creativity. And I think that's fair enough. I think it'll return. Yeah. But (laughs) well you'll have to come back on the show, whatever that new feed is. I'm
0: sure it'll be really cool. I'd love to. So we also end every episode asking if you had a private podcast of your life
2: ramblings, what do you think it would be called? Oh, I mean, life ramblings is pretty close. I, As you've noticed, I am a rambler and I talk (laughs) (laughs) a lot and I am not actually terribly creative. Yeah, I was just um, going to say, and we're talking about the depletion. So, <laughs> that's but also me. even naming my book, I literally wrote, I worked on my book for, I mean, I wrote a proposal. I wrote a book. I, I turned in my book and I'm like, ah, uh, well, good luck finding a title. I literally turned in a book that did not have a title. Well, what is the title? It's called Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, colon, Brain, Body, Sensory Strategies That Really Work. It's a thousand years long. It's a lot of, title. Title. It's a lot of word. words in that title. Straight, yeah, totally. it is absolutely. That's true. And people have said that. Well, I know exactly what I'm picking up. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. sure. You can hardly fit all those
1: words on the cover, but whatever. I'm not in charge. I'm I love charge. that. I like that. Just start here. It's very clear, mm. which I yeah. Really, a lot of people nowadays, they just really appreciate clear. Well, thanks for hanging out with us with mm. all you have going on.
0: We will definitely link to all the exciting things that you're up to, all the feeds. You guys can go test it out. Yeah, we super appreciate you sharing all your knowledge with us. Thank you for
2: having me. This has been fun.
0: And there you have it, Audioheads. Another episode of Launcher Private Podcast is in the books. I hope you're leaving today feeling even more ready to amplify your voice and connect with your audience in meaningful ways. The adventure continues in our next episode with even more insights, strategies, and inspiration to help you along your own private podcasting journey. Of course, make sure to check out helloaudio.fm to start your own private podcast. And remember, you've got amazing content that needs to be heard. So let's turn the volume up. Until next time.